made death a messenger of joy to thee? Why dost thou grieve? And there's more to the quote, but just in that, you know, saying I have made death a messenger of joy to thee, meaning to us, why do we grieve? And um, I, I just find that so perplexing in the sense of like, it's so contrary to what we're taught socially um, in our culture as to what death is. Hello, and welcome to Grief, Gratitude, and the Gray in Between podcast. This podcast is about exploring the grief that occurs at different times in our lives in which we have had major changes and transitions that literally shake us to the core and make us experience grief. I created this podcast for people to feel a little less hopeless and alone in their own grief process as they hear the stories of others who have had similar journeys. I'm Kendra Rinaldi, your host. Now, let's dive right into today's episode. All right. Well, today I've got my little brother on the line, Hermanillo. So Hermanillo means little brother, and we call each other a whole bunch of nicknames. So this is Daniel Rinaldi officially, but I'll be probably calling him Danny through the interview because that's how I refer to him or hermanito or hermanillo. So you guys can kind of know what it is I'm saying when I'm saying that. Um, so Danny, welcome. Thank you so much, sis, <laughs> Ken, big sis. All, yeah. I'm, I'm trying to think of all the nicknames <laughs> I have for you. Well, you don't, yeah, Big Sis, Hermanota, Kendris, yeah. I, I, uh, I make them up on the spot. <laughs> you do. Yeah, it's um, it's funny how in our culture, at least in Colombia, some of the nicknames that we make are sometimes even longer than the name itself. <laughs> yeah. in, you know, Like Kendrus Cheese. Ken, yeah, or Kendrifera, <laughs> ke, yeah, like. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah, so all these like longer names, um, which is different. I think that mo in the states, I think, or in English speaking cultures, it's usually like the shortening of a name. But at least not in our culture, it's usually it can be longer than the actual name. Anyway, I'm so happy to have you, Hermanillo, and um, it will be a very like I just said right before, chillaxing conversation which sounds really odd being the fact that we're talking about grief. But um, I just want it to be a casual conversation about the topic. And um, just because I think we have a whole bunch of stigma around grief and death. And I really just want to change that stigma and make it be uh, something that people talk about more openly without it being something so... Uh, heartbreaking every single time the topic comes up. Would you agree? Yeah, definitely. I'm all for okay. it. Okay, cool. So, um, Danny, just as we kind of just set the stage here, just tell us a little bit of uh, where actually, where are you living right now? Just for the audience. Yeah, yeah. So I'm living in Bogota, Colombia. Very cool. All right. So we, and you are a dad of two. 
That's right. Husband to one. Husband to one. Yeah, I, th- I think just <laughs> husband to one. Uh, definitely dad of two. Uh, of a six-year-old and a four-year-old. Very good. B- busy time. So we're trying to fit in this interview before the kids get back from school, um, just as this uh, parenting uh, dynamic goes. We try to fit into the pockets of our life. So, Danny, we're, so since it, we're talking about the t- subject of grief, I want us to talk a little bit uh, about what was your first experience with death and the concept of grief that you recall. Um, well, I don't remember dying. Um, <laughs> okay, not your death, somebody <laughs> else's death. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> not um, your death. Let's see. Definitely, I think <clears throat> my first big memory would be my sister's passing. Uh, my sister's around. How old were you? How old were you? I when was our seven. Sister died? Uh, she passed in '96. Um, mm-hmm. My sister, your sister, our sister, our sister. Um, and uh yeah i mean i i I remember that night so vividly uh we we were at that point we were living in cali colombia um i was seven years old as i mentioned and that night we went to go see matilda in theaters and uh, we came back to see that there were a few missed calls um and you kendra were calling because at that point you were living in in California, right? I was, yeah. yeah. And our sister was in Seattle at that moment. So just to kind of set the stage a little bit about that, if you want to share. Sure, yeah, um, definitely. Yeah, basically, mm -hmm. so our sister Zorana was living in Seattle because she was doing uh, what in our faith is called like a period of service, basically taking time off of studies and work to, to dedicate to service. And the particular way she chose to serve was through uh, dance. And so she was serving in a dance company uh, based out of Seattle, but they would travel around the U.S. Uh, touring, and the dances were all um, with like spiritual and you know un- yeah, universal issues, like so, yeah. yeah universal social themes issues, like yeah. um, you know uh, like uh, unity and diversity and equality of men and women and um, you know against like drugs and alcohol etc. And um, let's see, Kendra, you were in in California. You were studying, I believe, and when we got the when when we came back from watching Matilda, we got home, and you called again, and if if I remember correctly, basically yeah, you can share your part, yeah, because it's interesting because it will be very interesting to see yeah, because you what ha- you the have memory a of memory. a seven year old yeah, absolutely, because at that time I was twenty one, so right. that just it, it it that's why it's so interesting because one of the things that is very unique to a grief experience is that it's unique to each individual. Like even if we both experienced the loss of a sister, um, the passing of a sister, and then our sister Catherine, who who I'll also interview, um, is is just interesting to see the perspective. So in this case, like your perspective and your memory of a seven year old in this process. Yeah. So go ahead and share your point of view. Sure. So uh, you called, and I think the, the first call that my dad answered from you, um, you were saying that our sister was in a, in, a, in a car accident, and that was the news so far, and that, was, that it was a bad car accident. Um, but I think it wasn't until the second call that, that you said that she had passed. Is that correct? 
So I had been trying to reach you guys. I had called and called, and there was no answering machine back then at, at the house. Uh -huh. And so I'd been dialing and dialing because the accident had already occurred. And um, since I was the one in the States that had you know, called me, and I had been trying to call you guys. And it was very frustrating on my end. I just remember feeling so helpless and just trying to reach you guys. And when I finally got through that you guys already answered, I had already found out the news that she had passed. But by the time you guys answered the phone, you already knew. Um, because when my dad, so even though I thought I was calling dad initially was to tell him about the accident, by the time you guys arrived, Mm. she had already passed away got it um because it was only like about two hours or so after the accident that our sister died and it was a car accident just for the listeners to know but so um and also so just yeah, to clarify so you know sometimes people think like oh somebody was driving rec recklessly or something but no i mean there was black ice on the road and um the car skid and hit a an electric pole like right where she was sitting Right. She was seat. a passenger. Yeah. yeah. She was the only one that passed away. The others had some minor injuries, but, right. um, but yeah. So by the time you guys, so when I called you guys and dad answered, I could, I could hear Catherine crying, our sister Catherine crying in the background. Mm. And so at that moment, my dad's like, yeah, we already know. So what happened was that in that whole process of me trying to get a hold of you guys, you guys got a call from um, the Safadas, which are the parents of another girl that was in the dance group with our sister, and they got you. They got you guys. They got my parents on the phone, um, but they already knew that Zorana had passed away. So when they called, they called and said our condolences. Mm. Without yeah, without dad See, or like mom. That I didn't even know. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. So yeah. when they called, they said our condolences. So imagine without they're knowing here. The you news. guys have just arrived. Yeah. Correct. They had not even known the news that, that they didn't even know the news that Zorana had been in a car accident. So it's kind of like you guys are arriving home from this movie. They ring the, of course, I had been trying to call but didn't reach you. They ring in, dad or mom answers the phone. And it'd be interesting to hear, of course, how my, how dad remembers this. But, um, and they say our condolences, and that's how they found out the news. So then when I called, they mm. already knew. So, wow. uh, yeah. So then, um, but so if you want to say, do you remember when you then, when they said it, how did you, when, so yeah. when dad, was it dad or mom, or did you, what, how was it that you recall that moment of our parents finding out? the news and again right. the, when they found out the news was through this way that i'm telling you right now uh that it was a, like an by accident right and um what yeah yeah what I, was I remember that, that moment you? because <clears throat> well not, not so much like the words and like those specifics but um more of the visuals and the emotions mm -hmm. and i remember you know it was at night um and it was pretty late. And I remember there were just like a few lamps on. Like we didn't have like the lights, so to speak. There it was pretty dim lighting. And I remember my sister, like I, I remember I didn't know how to react mm, to the news. I, I was sort of, I guess, numb, numb, numb to yeah, it. Yeah. And 
Because it's something unfamiliar too. Uh, exactly. It's not something you've ever heard before. You've ne- you had never heard because n- our gr- grandmother had not passed. No, nobody in our family right. at that point had ever passed away. Well, I mean, we can't yeah. say nobody at, in our family, that, but no, but no, no. I mean, no, no. Like I mean, in term, yeah, yeah. Clo- in that while you were while you were while you were living. Well, right. in your seven years of childhood, that was Correct. the first time you were experiencing. Yeah. Yeah, okay. exactly. And um, I remember my sister, Catherine, she um, she just started crying and she threw herself on the sofa face down and crying. And my like instinct was to copy her. I was like, I'm just going to do, t- mm. do the same thing. So I threw myself down on the sofa wow. face down and just started crying. But it was more out of a mimicking reaction rather mm. than a natural one, if that makes any sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you were you were copying a behavior because it was what is around. Which actually, that actually gets to what I was going to just even say, say now. Because it's interesting because I, I have a feeling that a lot of times how we learn how to react through grief, you know, through, through the death of somebody or something like that comes from exactly what you just said, either mm-hmm. seeing what's expected around people, you know, cry, people um, do this. So it's more like that copied behavior um, that we do, or we've seen it in the movies or we've seen it, you know, or whatever it is that as children, how else would we know how to react so it's interesting right. that you actually do recall just copying her because you actually didn't really know what to to do so just copied her physical um behavior wow then at what point did it actually like click for you because you guys came to the states um so she passed away december 17th this is 1996 we're going this is the year that she uh december 17th 1996 you guys arrived at the states um december 19th because the funeral was the 20th. So do you remember anything of those two days before you guys traveled, before you guys traveled to the States for the funeral? And yeah, do you have any memories of those two days prior to coming to the actual funeral? You know, I I don't. It's it's sort of a blur. It's a blur. How about when we we came for the funeral? Do you remember coming to the funeral? Do you remember anything of that? Of how you felt. So, a lot of times it may not even be like how, what, the even the little instances itself. And a lot of it too, we have to have in mind that we've shared, of course, through the years, because it's been so many years, right. that some of these things that you may re- remember may be more of remember what we've told you, right? So, exactly, um, yeah. right? So it would be or kind through of, pictures so, but, or video. Or like, through, yeah. exactly. Mm-hmm. So then you kind of create those memories create based memories, on that. Yeah. But yeah. So do you do you remember anything particular? Um, so I don't know if I remember the actual funeral, the, because I've been to the grave site several times since then. Mm-hmm. Right, exactly. That I think my memory of the grave site it's 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 all woven into one memory. Mm, if that makes okay. any difference, because it's yeah. also been many many years since many I, years. I go to the grave site. So. It's not like I have a recent memory of the gravesite. So for me, it's all kind of lumped into one memory. Okay. So do you? So it was that day was kind of actually lightly snowing. We actually were underneath mm. a tent. Um, they had to put like a tent and stuff for the 
so where we were standing for the funeral and actually where she was where we had the funeral was not actually where the burial happened afterwards so mm, um okay. itself but the um like where we had like the ceremony and the and so forth but um even that is sometimes also even as me as an adult i still recall that more like of a movie watching a movie mm. that's kind of how i remember a lot of it and since i was there before like the memorial that kind of i remember it more like of a movie but, but i, I want if i can yeah. ask you a question yeah. about that um yes just to like switch roles. You're gonna briefly. swap that. Yeah, yeah, you're gonna switch. The, yeah, of course. Since you yeah. have your own podcast now, Welcome and to my podcast. <laughs> Go ahead. Mine is called Gratitude and Grief and everything. In oh, swap it. Yeah. You're gonna swap it. <laughs> okay. Um, no. Uh, so you said it's like a movie, but like, do you think that was purposeful? Like, you were you trying to separate yourself to not like emotionally connect? It's it's really weird because how I remember my first memory of it was actually when I arrived um, and all the emotions there and I see myself and I remember how uh, I'm gonna say this like in like in in quotes it would be like strong I was and I'm saying because I was the first member of the family to arrive. Mm. So I felt this really sense of responsibility to be a certain way. Um, since I was the first person they were seeing and, um, and even just the, because we had a memorial on the 18th, um, so, which I was the only member of the family there. Cause you guys were still trying to get all your paperwork and all that kind of stuff together to be able to fly. Cause you didn't have an ID that was needed after you turned seven, you know, uh, seven, like you need an ID to be able to travel out of Colombia. So your ID had not been processed yet. So that even all that paperwork, all of that had to be done in those two days before you guys oh, wow. traveled. There's a whole, yeah, there's a whole like bunch of things that happened in those two days of the amount of support that you guys had from the community there, uh, which could be for a whole other podcast, but, um, but anyhow, so yeah, so I think that, um, in that memorial, like when I even see videos of that, or I, it, it, it's as if I had extra help. It's as if I had her there alongside me, helping me in those moments. Like I really, truly felt so supported by Zorana during that time, mm. um, that energy and that support. So when I see say that it was like as if it was not even me, it's because... I can't even imagine um, being able to personally have the strength that I did without it having been either by her help or the grace of God. You know, I really do truly believe that in terms of, you know, just how, yeah, how I'd reacted. But um, for you, so I, I want to go back again. Mm -hmm. Let's swap again, mister. Yep. Don't Switch. be hijacking my <laughs> podcast here. Uh, <laughs> another day, we'll do it that way. And that way we can share my my side of the story. I'll, I'll get, I'll invite you as a guest interviewee or interviewer <laughs> or interviewer. <laughs> and I'll be the interviewee. So, um, so then the, what I, I don't know if you remember, but after the funeral, we all went and hung out at the house where Zorana, at the host family where she was at. Do you remember yeah. any of that? That okay. I do. So, at the Schneiders. Yeah, okay. So exactly, at the Schneiders. So we had, we were there with a few of our close friends, family friends that we had grown up with that also came to the funeral. Do you remember what was the feeling? And what, so was it somber? Was it happy? Was it what? Do you remember that feeling? I mean, 
Yeah, I guess. Or what I'm, we did. I'm, I'm Do you remember trying, what we were doing? I'm just trying to tickle my. Your th- okay, so into your bit, mind. I think so we were doing a lot of games. Yeah, so yeah. we were doing a lot of games, and we were actually. Yeah, I remember there was doing a lot of laughing. Playing, we were al- we were laughing a lot. We were so we were just like all just hanging out and enjoying the company, and all of us just really bonding over this. There was of course the heaviness that we had just had the loss of Zorana, but at the same time just really being present with each other and all of us just laughing. So it, 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 um, it's interesting because intertwined with that, mo- you know, with the, with grief, there can be little snippets of joy in that process. And, um, and that's, I think for me, what I recall so well in that, in that moment of the funeral. And then that also translates, uh, and we'll kind of fast forward in just a bit to our mother's passing, but, because um, that's also intertwined since this this process is not. But I want to say something that I recall you saying that really, really struck to me. And I don't remember if you, I don't know if you remember this, mm-hmm. but we were, we after being in Seattle, because that's where our sister was buried, we went to California and we were hanging out. We were at, because that's where I was living with our grandmother. And we were um, all sitting at the dinner table and you said, <gasps> And you said this in Spanish, but we're finally all together because Zorana's here with us in spirit. And I remember it being, I was just like, like crying and happy at the same time to see that purity of heart that you really, truly, there was like not really the aspect of really missing her because it was somehow as if you, you're, um, <laughs> the innocent soul of the seven-year-old really understood that there was no real difference um, because she was still there. Yeah. And that and that just that just really, really, uh, yeah, was very meaningful to me. And so I don't know if you remember that. I, I mean, yeah, I, I definitely don't remember saying it, but I know <clears throat> you've told the story, and I think my dad's told mm-hmm. the story as well. Um. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I don't know what else to say in terms of like that, but yeah, I do like what I can say more in terms of like you, you asked at one point, I didn't answer like as to when it clicked for me mm-hmm. that, yeah, when did it that, that she yeah. had passed. And I don't think if per se there's ever been like a, a click, I, I, I mean, I don't know. I think that click definition can mean different things for, for different people. But I've seen it more of a of a, of a process, um, and I think some people might describe that click as like, "Oh, I got it. She passed. Now I'm sad. Now I'm grieving." I, I don't know. I don't know if it's been like that for me. It's just been more of an accepting process. Um, when when we do get to talk about more more of the present, just in the past few months, I've felt more connected to her to Zorana than ever before mm-hmm. you know that was, at, at 30 yeah, years share old. a little bit about her <laughs> yeah but <laughs> but it was 24. also because uh-huh. <laughs> but it was also because you started um compila- a compilation of all these videos exactly. that we were we were digitizing yeah, and can you I turned share into that? like yeah absolutely do because so, that was really a big turning point so this is however many years 20 Four years 20, later. Yeah, 20, <laughs> 20, 23, something uh, like that. Yes. So basically, 
um, just, you know, my, my dad, finally, he had this huge box of, like, um, VHS tapes and beta, ta beta tapes and uh, high eight, you know, camera tapes. And he went to digitize all of it and got it back in a, in a, in a bunch of files. And since I'm, I'm involved with, with media and stuff like that, um, I offered to help him, like, organize the files. Um, and so I, I just, I start, like, dividing by categories and, like, by family and, you know, just different types of categories. And so I'm just, like, looking through all this footage. I mean, we're talking about, like, hours and hours. I mean, nearly 100 hours of, of footage. I'm not looking at it, you know. Uh, from beginning to end, but just like skimming. And I'm seeing all these things of my sister that I had never seen before. Um, and I've, so I think that's one big reason in the past few months I felt so connected because my memories of her are very limited. Um, mm -hmm. Even though I had seven years of, of life, of, of my life with her, Obviously, they were my first years, so therefore the memory in those first years is very volatile, um, and or is very weak. And so I, I feel so blessed to have been able to like work on these videos, and for her anniversary in in December, uh, just in two thousand nineteen, I was able to uh, make just like a short um, like compilation uh, of like putting together different snippets in chronological order from when she was a baby to, you know, just, you know, basically like days before her passing away. Um, and, and I just connected. I remember, I, I, I really don't recall, aside from that first night when I threw myself on the sofa to cry, uh, copying my, my sister Catherine. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't think I ever really recall like crying for her. And again, crying is like a physical manifestation of emotions, but it doesn't always mean that if you don't cry, you're not sad or anything like that. But mm -hmm. it, it, it does symbolize something. And it's different for everybody. But like I when I was editing this video, I was just like nonstop crying. <laughs> I was just like bawling. <laughs> you know, like mm. I guess after like 24 years of tears being cut back, <laughs> I don't know. It was it was partly partly too because you actually got to meet her, quote unquote. Like yeah. you got to get to know her now as an adult, getting to know your sister it, through these videos. Even though you've heard stories and so forth about her, to get to see her and and seeing the way she was with you. Um, in all the videos, by the That's way, to the, our listeners, she, yeah. Do you want to share like what it was? Yeah. How basically she was? Yeah. Uh, like most of the footage of her was holding me as a baby. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> all the time. Yeah. She was just like it's holding so me moving. and just being so like cute with Motherly. me, you know, um, Motherly. yeah, exactly. And, uh, and that, that really got to me and it's like. Um, that's my sister. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting because you see, this is 20 something years old e later, you know, and that you're still being able to kind of, uh, have a cathartic moment about uh, that release that right. you had never really fully had, except as you said, when you were mimicking, 
um, that, you know, use Catherine crying, uh, copying her. And a lot of times it's something that, um, that now that I do facilitate, you know, grief groups and things like that, that people think sometimes people that have just started a grieving process just feel as if there's going to be some end to it. Right. But um, I know that personally, I don't feel grief really ends. It just changes through time. And it just um, because we also change through time. Right. So it starts yeah. kind of changing with you. And the fact that 24 years later, you're still able you were able to sob that way and have that release and that connection and that bond. Uh, that is one of those ways of seeing that. Now, Danny, I want to con- just um transition and thank you for sharing that because sure. that that was such a special moment um regarding your or do you want to share a little bit about um your beliefs about um death what you grew up believing about death and maybe how that translates a little bit into why maybe uh the grief process is a certain way sure. um, because i want to also touch into then the most recent of our, uh, you know, or death, um, which would be the one of our mom. And so, um, if you want to touch a little bit about that, of your beliefs about, uh, what happens when we die. Yeah, definitely. So yeah, definitely my, my beliefs are very much, um, guided by, by the Baha'i teachings. Um, and to give you like one quote that just kind of says it all there's a quote by baha'u'llah who's the the founder the prophet founder of the baha'i faith and he says i have made death a messenger of joy to thee why dost thou grieve and there's more to the quote but just in that you know saying i have made death a messenger of joy to thee Mm -hmm. meaning to us why do we grieve and um I, I just find that so perplexing in the sense of like it's so contrary to what we're taught socially um, in our culture as to what death is. Um, now, it doesn't mean that like I, I think I mean there, there's there's definitely more quotes we can we can pull up to have a, have a bigger picture, and mm-hmm. I don't think that's the whole. That's the point of, of, of right now of this discussion, but um, because basically, you know, from, from what I understand, it's like it's natural for us to to be sad because we miss the person, right? Mm-hmm. But the going further in, into what I believe and in, in, in as to what the Baha'i teachings say is that basically death is a birth into a new life into a new world and that world is not a material world like like here we are in planet earth it's a spiritual world uh, which is very closely linked to to the to the physical world but it also you know it operates on a different dimension mm-hmm. um and so here also we're talking about like the nature of the soul, like basically just this idea that as human beings, we're not just body, but we are soul, we are spirit, and that that is our essence. And in a sense, like while we're on this planet, we're caged in 
It's like a bird being caged in and then finally being let out. Or, you know, another great analogy that, that is used in the writings that I love is like the light in the lamp. The light is not attached to the lamp, but it's manifested through the lamp. And if the lamp breaks or, you know, or it's, you know, you know if, if, it, if it breaks, the light doesn't disappear. The energy is just transferred elsewhere. And so I, I really love these analogies that help us understand a little bit better the relationship between life after death because it's definitely mysterious and we'll mm-hmm. never be able to comprehend it fully. Um, do you think, yeah, do you think that, because this is one of the things I um, feel is that a lot of times we, when we grieve then, um, and, the, and of course this, in this series of podcasts, I'll be interviewing people with very, you know, different beliefs and that's totally uh, fine. And I want to understand is how their own beliefs about death or about grieving have allowed them to have some kind of solace and comfort. So do you believe that with these <laughs> beliefs, or I, I, well, I know that I, I know uh, for me have been a sense of comfort. And as I said, when you were seven years old, you saying Zorana's here with us in spirit, the fact that it was so part of already what you truly actually believed as the seven-year-old experiencing grief for the, you know, death for the first time, um, that played a huge part in how you processed your grief? Oh, I mean, definitely. And I, I think also, um, even though I can't speak for my seven-year-old self and exactly <laughs> what my beliefs were um, mm-hmm. at that point or how, you know, how I thought about my beliefs, um, a, a big part, I think, had to do with my mom and, and how she was able to respond to the situation because she was so strong. Um, and after my sister's passing that she was like, like she, um, was totally accepting of the situation. Not Mm -hmm. that she wasn't sad at any moment. Um, but in retrospect, I think it was her example that helped me like materialize or see any, see, um, yeah, like materialize the belief structure that we had. You know, it wasn't just like an ideology, like, oh, like it would be nice to believe that, you know, like death is actually meant to bring us joy because it's we're being birthed into a, a much greater world and in a sense accomplishing our our, our life's our purpose, purpose. Yeah. Mm-hmm. and in getting closer to God, uh, our you know, our creator and... But, like, I saw that manifested in her, and it, it, like, oh, okay, so it's possible to to actually put it into practice. And and so I think that that was a guiding um, principle for me, you know, since then. As well. Yeah. You know, I just, I, just rec- I just remembered that actually that same year, in January of that year, is when our grandmother passed away, my, our mm. mom's mom. Do you remember, do you remember seeing... Do you remember going to a funeral? I was in the state, so I don't know. Do you remember going to a funeral? I, do I you remember, remember the funeral. Even seeing, yeah. okay, you remember the funeral, mm-hmm. and um, do you remember even how our mom was? So I, you see, I just even had forgotten that you had experience. So you had kind of just experienced it in January, and then of our grandmother, and then in December of our sister. But do you remember then how mom was in either in contrast with 
people around or do you or do you re recall any of that i mean <clears throat> not it's not it's not vivid for sure mm -hmm. but um but i do recall other people like non-family being so mm -hmm. much more sad mm -hmm. or being sadder i don't know what's or expressing way. at least expressing, expressing expressing their the sadness, sadness you yeah. know at least physically a lot more Mm -hmm. than my mom, you know, where she could, like, confidently speak in front of people about what had just happened, <laughs> you know, like, right. almost as if it was nothing, like, as if it was just natural, like, this is what's meant to happen. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because our, our mom and our grandmother both shared, they were also uh, members of the Baha'i faith, so, um, so our mom, since the age of 12, so she had basically been brought up with these beliefs as well, mm -hmm. uh, grew up with these beliefs. And so it definitely had a different, she had a different way in how she viewed. And even just in contrast with our dad, and my dad even said this to us, um, that uh, during that same time period when we were back in the States, we were in the car, um, the, the fam, the, four, the five of us, and, um, and dad saying, you kids are so lucky. You're mm. so lucky that you've believed, you've had these beliefs all your life. Because dad grew up in a different upbringing and then became a Baha'i later on. So his beliefs about death and so forth of the Baha'i faith kind of it was something he then embraced. But it was not what his upbringing had been. Mm -hmm. So he, he said it's like he would still kind of um, that it was kind of like being stuck between what you knew you wanted to believe rather than what you had brought up, been brought up to believe uh, or that society around him had brought up. So it was definitely different for him than it was for mom who had been brought, you know, had believed this way, you know, since childhood. And for us who had also been, you know, brought up to believe in this hopeful way of seeing death. Um, so, um, so that, that played, I think, an interesting dynamic in how we all grieved based on right. maybe the, how long we've been. So, um, I, I know that, um, that you've experienced death since, and, um, and I want to talk a little bit about our mom's passing. Now, this concludes part one of the conversation I had with my brother and part two will be in the following episode. Thank you again so much for choosing to listen today. I hope that you can take away a few nuggets from today's episode that can bring you comfort in your times of grief. If so, it would mean so much to me if you would rate and comment on this episode and if you feel inspired in some way to share it with someone who may need to hear this, please do so. Also, if you or someone you know has a story of grief and gratitude that should be shared so that others can be inspired as well, please reach out to me. And thanks once again for tuning in to Grief, Gratitude, and the Gray in Between podcast. Have a beautiful day.